Welcome to Long Live the Music, a podcast from It's All Dead, made by music fans for music fans. I'm Kyle Hawk. Welcome to Long Live the Music. I'm Kyle Hawk. Happy New Year. Uh, hopefully it's still okay to say that we're over a week into the new year, but uh, it's the first podcast we're doing in the year 2022. So uh, thanks for joining us. Crazy saying that. This will be, we're going to have our ninth anniversary of It's All Dead this year, which is kind of mind-blowing. We've been at this a long time. We just uh, just keep on rolling, and uh, we're, we're back again for, for another round. I am joined today uh, by my partners in crime, Kyle Schultz and Nadia Alves. Hey, folks. Happy New Year. Merry Christmas. Uh, happy winter. All that stuff. Happy all the holidays. Yay. Glad to be here. We made it through another holiday season. We made it. Uh, I am sick currently, although not not with COVID, but with another thing. Although every time I get sick now, I have this panic that my time has finally come. It's not this time, but I still feel like shit. But uh, we're we're pushing through and barreling forward with this podcast anyway, and we're doing so because we got a lot to talk about. It's been a while since we all chatted last. Uh, we wrapped up the end of the year with uh, our best albums, best songs, best everything of 2021. And uh, this week we are kicking off our most anticipated uh, albums, music events uh, of 2022. So I thought it was a good time to kind of wrap up, put a bow on uh, the last year and and get ready for the new one. Um, You know, this going into the end of the year, just kind of we had a few conversations kind of leading into like what what are the albums that we're going to talk about? What are... uh, songs that are going to be a part of this i felt like and i don't know i'll let both of you speak to this but i almost felt like we were more i don't think divided is the right word but i think our interests last year felt more separate than maybe they ever have there was almost less crossover than usual um it almost felt like and and maybe that's just a product of like pandemic life is that we all kind of like retreat into our own little worlds and so there's I don't know, less of that sort of collaborative thing that happens where you're kind of like sharing the things that you love. I I have no idea, but did either of you feel that way that you kind of like had lived in this hole and then we're coming out with like, here are the things that I, that I liked. A little bit. I, uh, so last year was kind of weird for me because I ended up splitting time between like listening to music and a lot of audiobooks. So like I hadn't delved maybe as far down the rabbit hole as like I normally would have um, because I had spent a lot of time attempting to make it through the Wheel of Time series. Uh, so yeah, it was the weirdest thing for me was um, usually at the end of the year, you know, we have like a list of our albums and stuff that we really enjoyed. And there's usually someone who's uh, kind of like, I'm really banking on taking this one. I want to write about it. And then someone else is like, no, but that one's mine. And uh it seemed like we all had a, yeah. a very cemented kind of like, no, you, you take your thing. I'm good. Yeah, exactly. That's that's exactly how I felt. Nadia, what was your thoughts on it? Yeah, I think that you were actually mimicking me, Kyle, and I'm not really appreciative of that, but it's like fine. Um, but yeah, I was I'm just so looking sorry. at my Spotify look back, uh, and it says that I listened to 719 different artists last year. Um but yeah, I feel like we didn't have a lot of crossover, even given that number. And usually Kyle, Hawk, and I are very similar. Um, but yeah, this year I feel like we kind of 
like Robert Frosted took both roads. <laughs> we both walked down the different one. I mean, oddly enough, Taylor Swift was our biggest like crossover of the three of us last year. And we talked about her quite a bit, but there wasn't like a, a new album per se that we could like, you know, put on the list. Although I do think the all too well 10 minute version ended up making the songs list. But, um, but yeah, it was a little unique. Um, but I always find that our end of the year, one of the things that I get feedback on that people like about our list is that it is pretty eclectic in terms of, um, I think each of our personalities and our individual tastes come out really well in it. And, uh, I think that happened again. I, I will say though, I mean, for all of this, I felt strongly about Olivia Rodrigo, uh, coming into the end of the year. And I, you know, I, I almost feel bad about it that maybe I pushed for it too hard. It was our top album of the year. Um, but I don't know. I just felt like it's, that was an album that sat at the intersection of the crossroads of what we talk about most often with it's all dead. I don't, I don't know how to articulate that really well right now. Maybe that's the, uh, the illness talking, but there, there was something about the experience of that album that felt like, uh, I don't know. It, it was just sort of like touched multiple parts about the music, what we love about music and what we talk about most often with music. Kyle, you wrote about the album for the end of the year. What were some of your thoughts? Uh, for me, no, I, I agree. It was a big album for last year, mostly because it was one of the few like events that happened in, you know, in not even just in our scene, but just kind of in music last year, uh, you know, right. up and coming artists kind of put something out that really took off almost right away. And not only that, uh, it, you know, for, I think possibly for us, it kind of sounded like a nostalgic album. Like, you know, it had a lot of elements of stuff we've always listened to, but, uh, it was weird kind of seeing that just catch on again, uh, and kind of being like, no, this is, this has always been around. Like you, you haven't listened to this. I, oh my. Okay. And, uh, just kind of watching, uh, you know, how much it was enjoyed, uh, it, it really felt special in a weird way. Like, um, I don't know. It was just one of those things where it caught the, uh, the country's imagination a little bit and, uh, stayed there for a long time. And it was a lot of fun to watch. One of the things that, um, you know, I mentioned here in a little bit, we're going to talk about our most anticipated music of 2022 and the running joke, uh, throughout the years of us having it's all dead has been, if we write about something that we're anticipating for the, the coming year, then, it's not going to happen. Like we've, we've had like such a bad streak of anticipating things that don't happen that year. And sometimes they'll happen like a year later or something, but it's like almost hilarious how, how wrong we get it. Uh, but Nadia, there were things that you were anticipating last year that actually came to fruition, right? I mean, I know Haley Williams was a part of that. Julian Baker, I think. I know you talked a lot about foxing leading up to the new year. And like, I feel like all these things that you were hoping were going to happen in 2021 it actually like happened. And not only that, but they were like as good or better than you were hoping that they were going to be. That has to be kind of a satisfying feeling coming out of the year. Right. Yeah. I think I actually did get three for three. Um, and like I wrote in my most anticipated piece for this year that I always have like a wild card. Um, and last year's was Lord and we actually did end up getting the Lord album. So that was kind of yeah. fun. Um, but yeah, I feel like, I was kind of happy with how 2021 went in a music sense. I feel like we have kind of off years and then years where everything's really great. Um, and I kind of feel like 2021 was a good year for that. Um, I think with 2020, everybody was so 
obsessed with getting things done like during the pandemic to say like, oh, I'm still working on things. Um, but I think actually the music that came out of this year was better. Yeah, it's interesting. I felt really strongly about 2020. I still do. There were a lot of really great albums, but man, last year was great too. And I mean, I discovered, you know, my new personal favorite band, Spirit Box. If, uh, obviously, if you listen to this show or come to the site you've heard, or spend any time around me, you've heard me talk about them a lot, but there were a lot of just fun, fun things that came out of last year. And one of the things that I wanted to talk about is this happens to me like clockwork every single year where we roll into the new year. And then that following year, I discover or fall in love with an album from the previous year that I didn't really talk about, or, you know, we'll, we have our list like, Oh, this is all the best music. And then the next year I discover something that I'm like, Oh, I missed it. And I had a couple of those this year. The first one I didn't necessarily miss uh, kid Cuddy, uh, put out his album like really like I think the the album came out after we did our end of the year list so I mean it was kind of like disqualified from I mean there was no way we were going to go back and add it in but I listened to that album nonstop all year long that was the album from 2020 that I listened to the most in 2021 oddly enough um, and then uh, Paris which is a band that I've championed since you know the early days uh, you know right probably a year into our website is when they kind of came onto the scene and I wrote about them, talked about them extensively and they put out an album in 2020 and it came out, uh, I think in late August. And I remember listening to it and being like, Oh, okay, this is fine. And then I just kind of moved on from it. But man, last year I, I was just listening to that album constantly. Like I couldn't get enough. And I was like, this should have been on our list last year. Like, how did I, how did I miss this? How did I not spend enough time with it? Um, did either of you have, that experience or is that something you've experienced before? Is there anything from 2020 that you listened to a lot last year and wish you would have found sooner? Kyle? No, I, uh, my problem was in 2020, you know, I was trying to pump out reviews for a little bit, like during the, uh, very beginning of the lockdown and everything. And so I had a bunch of albums just kind of on a list that I just never got around to, even though, you know, I, I love the bands like four years strong, put out an album in, 2020 that I completely and utterly forgot about and uh went back to it last year I was like oh this album's great how come I just never got around to this like I I love them <laughs> and yeah. uh uh Fever 333 with Jason Allen Butler oh, like yeah. I was not the biggest fan of them even though I love uh him and I love Let Live but um I got a chance to go to Riot Fest last year and see them actually perform live and it just blew my mind and going back and listening to him i like oh i love this i don't know why i was such a hater on it for a long time yeah it's funny like if of any artist or band where the live experience is going to like change the way that you understand their music jason is the guy right so like i, I think there's definitely something about seeing him perform i had the same experience as you where i i you know i thought fever 333 was fine and then when I saw them live, I was like, oh, oh, shit. Okay, got it. Uh, so a very, very similar experience in that regard. Yeah, and the last artist that came in, like, right on the cusp of the New Year, like, literally on New Year's Eve, um, I've heard Beach Bunny before several times, uh, and it's fine. Like, I, I like them. And then New Year's Eve, uh, I was hanging out with some people, and they put on a playlist that was playing a lot of it, and I, like, fell in love with the band over the course of like 20 minutes and 
they've been on a rotation pretty hard like this first week into the 2022. So uh, I'm I'm expecting them to be kind of a constant presence for me for the rest of the year. That's awesome. Yeah, I th- still one of my favorite things, uh, you know, even though it's a bummer to feel like you missed out on a certain amount of time with a, a band or artist, it's still just so fun to, to find and discover something new. Fickle Friends is another one for me that I discovered last year and wish that I'd been listening too much longer. Uh, Nadia, what about you? Yeah, to play off of Kyle, I also really liked Beach Bunny. I listened to them a lot last year as well. Um, but my list, and I actually think I wrote about it, I can't remember now, was um, Hot Mulligan's You'll Be Fine. I got into it in the summer when it came out, um, and then I kind of forgot about it again. Um, but I did get into that one again this year, kind of playing off of Foxing. When I, the album would end, it would kind of go into their Spotify radio, um, and Hot Mulligan would be in there a lot. And the other one that I was looking at um, when I was looking at like the list of albums that were released in 2020 on the Wikipedia page um, was Lady Gaga's Chromatica, which I meant to write about and then I never got around to. Um, and that's a really good pop album that I think that uh, is a little underrated for her. Nice. I, uh, I'm going to have to go look at Beach Bunny. I've never heard of this. I, I've come to accept that I'm just falling further and further out of the loop with certain things, but I, uh, uh, yeah, Beach Bunny, going to write it down so I can check it out as soon as this podcast ends. Um, well, that's great. Uh, I mean, I, I think there was a lot to like uh, about last year, and now we've got Stuff to look forward to, uh, stuff to anticipate, stuff to wonder if it is going to happen. So just to, before we jump into our most anticipated albums, a, a funny note, you know, we do this every year and we have, you know, it's just kind of, it's a fun exercise. I think it's something that's expected if you follow a music site that they're going to tell you, you know, things that you should be looking forward to in the coming year. But I wouldn't say it's like the the biggest or splashiest thing that we do. But last year... And I told both of you this at one point. There was a certain point uh, early last year where I started to notice this. Kyle wrote his one of his write-ups on Panic of the Disco. And at a certain point early last year, I started noticing, like, man, a lot of people are coming to this, <laughs> this page, this write-up he did on uh, Panic of the Disco in 2021. That's interesting. Well, the year went along, and every day there was more and more, like, you know, and like, I guarantee you right now, there's people on that page reading about it. At a certain point, I realized that if you search for like any information, like if you Google anything related to like Panic of the Disco new album, that page is like the top result. So like all these Panic of the Disco fans that are out there, like looking for the new Panic of the Disco album, the first thing they're finding is Kyle's write up and coming to it. The It's by far at this point, I, there's no, there's no close second in terms of uh, page visits to a single article that we've done in the past nine years. It is like the, and it's not, and it's not dying off either. So until Panic of the Disco put out this album, uh, these people are going to keep coming to our site looking for information about it. So uh, Kyle Schultz, just know that what you do this year, there's a lot. You, I hope you hope you came with some valuable info because you might be the top Google result again for whoever you wrote about. Oh, you know me, I predict the future so well. <laughs> and of course, Panic of the Disco did not put out an album last year, so uh, just a another notch in the belt for us. Um, but this year, we got some things that we're going to get right. I wrote about my Chemical Romance last year. Kyle, you wrote about them this year. We think something's going to happen. I mean, you know, the the tour thing is is kind of crazy. I've got a couple 
shows that I've got on the calendar for March that felt like a lock. I haven't even worried about them, but now the state that we're in, I'm like, wait, are those shows even going to happen? You know, fingers crossed that we're at least going to get this My Chemical Romance tour and maybe more. But you know, tell me where you're at on that right now, Kyle. No, I'm a I'm concerned about that as well. And you know, they announced their big reunion on late 2020, so there was a massive worldwide tour planned for last year, and it got postponed uh, for 2022. And it looked like, as far as I can tell, it seems to still be on the books and everything uh, for Europe and the US. And, you know, they, they were supposed to headline one of the nights at Riot Fest that got pushed for a year. So that's coming up in this year. And uh, there's always a chance it's going to be postponed again or canceled. But it's arguably the biggest comeback tour that uh rock has experienced in a long time and i feel like it would be almost disastrous to postpone again after all this time and yeah you know when they got together i think they played or when they got back together they think they played like two shows and other than that we're just waiting for the big tour and uh there's always like the hint of another album or something coming on so it's there's a lot kind of writing on the band this year and i feel like if it doesn't happen it's going to be disappointment on a level that I don't know if people are really ready for. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you'd think with the amount of time now and all of this, that there must've been something creative going on. Like I, I, you know, we'll see. Uh, Maybe it's wishful thinking, but it feels, feels like a definite possibility that uh, there's something in the works there. So fingers crossed that we, we get the tour and maybe more from them. And, And speaking of bands that have been gone for a while that might make a return this year, Nadia, your, your top one was Paramore, and I remember, whatever it's been, a couple, I don't know if it was a month or two ago, when you texted me, like, we're getting a Paramore album next year, and I was like, what, what's that about? And it was something that Haley had alluded to that kind of made it clear that it was probably going to happen. Uh, and so it's on our most anticipated list. You have a prediction that this will be the final Paramore album. Uh, tell us more. Sure. So um, Haley, something happened with the Good Die Young team last year where somebody made a joke or a reference um, and somebody thought of it as racist or something. I can't really remember. Um, So she did like release a statement about it and she was like, you know, this is not our company, whatever, all that stuff that happens when people say something they shouldn't. Um, And at the end, I wish I still had the email. I think I got rid of it. Um, She put like this little blip in there that says something like, you know, Paramore is coming back. Like Paramore is not dying anytime soon. Something, something to that effect. Um, so I texted you, obviously, saying I think Paramore is really going to do it this year. Um, and they haven't released since 2017. Um, so I would say it's high time Paramore does release something. But given the success that the two of them have had, like with their own stuff this year, um, Zach's band released a really good album last year. Um, his stage name is Half Noise. Um, But yeah, so they both came out with really great albums over the past couple of years. So I feel like it would be an appropriate time for them to hang it up. Um, Whether they will obviously remains to be seen, but that's my prediction. And I'll be very sad, obviously, when when that does happen, but I just feel like it would be a natural progression. It really is crazy to think that it's been five years since the last Paramore album. Like, it's it's just wild. And I'll be honest, I, I kind of thought that After Laughter was going to be it. And the way that Haley's kind of talked about it since that time and so much has happened in her life. And, you know, obviously she's had a lot of success with the solo stuff she's been doing. I was kind of like, I, I think 
Paramore might be done and I've kind of come to peace with that. But like you said, sometimes you'll send me something and I feel like you're reading into it, but this one seemed pretty blatant of like, Oh, she's Haley Williams is saying that Paramore is going to make another album. So uh, we'll see. Hopefully so. Uh, I'll be excited for it if it comes. Um, speaking of five years ago, seeming like a long time. One of mine is going to be a cop out now because the album came out yesterday. We're recording this Saturday, January 8th, but uh, the weekend put out Dawn FM uh, yesterday on Friday. The album's great. Um, but I got to admit, when I heard that The Weeknd was putting out another album, I was like, well, wait, he just put out After Hours. And then I remembered uh, that it came out two years ago, which is when the pandemic started. And I had this like really sad spiral of like, oh, Jesus, like it's really, we've been in this for this long now. Like it's, we're, we're a full album cycle into the pandemic now, which is really just sad and disheartening. But uh, the new Weeknd album is not. It's actually uh, kind of a, um, it, it's built, I, I believe, as a sort of a companion piece to After Hours, and that it, it's set in the morning after the events of the last album, and it's much more hopeful, much more bright, uh, which is something that we're not really used to from the weekend, and you kind of question whether that would work or not, but it, it seems like it really works. I'm excited to to dig into this album in the course of this year, um, so I don't have to anticipate it anymore. It's here, uh, but it's still going to be a part of our most anticipated list. Um, Kyle, you know, one of the other things that you're writing about is Real Friends, who sort of came back uh, last year, um, an unexpected forum, you know, after Dan left the band, it was like, you know, where, what is the future of Real Friends going to look like? What is this going to be? I think a lot of people kind of were skeptical about it, but the EP they put out last year really made it seem like this band has a lot of life left in them. What are you looking forward to from them uh, this year? No, I... Uh... Yeah, no, I was uh, very impressed with them last year. It, it's always weird when a band replaces a lead singer. Like, it's a it's a gamble at best. And, um, you know, Dan Lambton was kind of the face of the band for a long time, and a lot of the lyrics are very personal for him and everything. Uh, so when he left the band, it, it I think, um, Nadia, I think you'd agree with me. Like, it would, seemed almost impossible for them to somehow replace that and kind of come back and... Uh, Adding Cody to the band, uh, I don't know quite what happened, but it seemed like a natural fit. He just kind of took over. Um, it's a different sound, obviously, but there's enough there that it uh, kind of pays homage to what how Dan uh, sang on the albums. And I don't know quite what it is, but it just feels like the band uh, overall has a re rejuvenation and energy that... Uh, hasn't really felt there since, you know, they put out their first albums. Like they're, uh, you know, the last album they put out, I composure, I believe it's called, uh, it, it was fine, but there was something just missing to it. it. It was, it was a good album, but it, what didn't have like the bite, uh, that I had kind of associated with them. And it feels like they have that. And not only do they have that again, they're running full steam ahead. They went on a mass, not a massive tour, but you know, a big tour in the autumn they're already recording new songs. They're getting ready to do another full tour with Mayday Parade. Um, it just seems like they found their footing and are just running full ahead. And I cannot wait to see what comes from this. Nadia, I've talked with Kyle a lot about Real Friends uh, the past year since they put out that EP. I don't know that you and I have talked about it much, but I know that's a band that was really important for you. What were your feelings on the new singer and the new stuff they're putting out? Yeah, I was actually just going to say that I was really glad to hear that they're doing well um, because I kind of dropped off the Real Friends camp. I don't want to say like I outgrew them, 
but I guess like maybe, I don't know, I guess that would be a word for it. Um, but yeah, I haven't listened to anything but their last couple albums. And it's funny that you should say like that their last album composure felt like empty because when you think about it being Dan's last album as the lead singer, like you can almost hear the tiredness, um, which is like an interesting thing to think about when looking, you know, hindsight is 2020 looking now and seeing that it was going to be his last project with the band, even though we didn't know it yet. Um, but yeah, I'm glad to see that they are still thriving. And I think that I remember when Hawk Nelson got a new lead singer and we, have we talked about my Hawk Nelson obsession? I went through a real <laughs> Hawk Nelson phase when I was like a teen. Um, and when Jason left the band, I was actually devastated. I was like 13. I thought he was like super cute or whatever. Um, and so I was like really upset about that. Um, but that's like an example of one of those bands that never really did come back from that. Um, so I'm glad to see that Real Friends has made it work. It's funny the way both of you are talking about composure because like, and I've, I've been very open since the early days when this band was kind of like starting to break out in the scene that I just didn't get it. Like I was never really, you know, I was like, I'm glad people like this, but I just, I don't, for whatever reason, I can't get into them. But composure was the album where I was like, oh, this is kind of good and get by, I think is probably my favorite real friend song. So, um, and I like the new stuff too. And I've, I've been open saying that this new EP is probably my favorite thing they've done. Uh, but uh, composure, I thought was, I, I was like, oh, maybe I do like Real Friends and then everything changed. So uh, interesting, the the difference, different opinions on that. Um, it's it's a great album, but I just, it was very different. It felt just like kind of a weird change for them. Well, Nadia, one of the next things on uh, on your list is Hosier. And I don't know what to say. Like, I remember when you, you know, first wrote about him, you reviewed an album a couple years ago and I was like, wait, Hosier, like what, is this like a thing that we're talking about? And I, you apparently really like his music. I don't know that I can say that I've heard more than one song of his, uh, probably the same song that everybody else has heard, but I didn't realize that there was this whole, uh, sort of fan base of like this style of music that he does that I just, I, I'm already making a fool of myself. I don't know what to say, but you do, you're a big Hosier fan. So tell us, uh, what we should be looking forward to in 2022. Yeah, you're wrong for that. Um, go listen to his self-titled. Uh, it's so, so good. Um, it's almost like folk music, like not not folk music, like like what's what's the word? Like urban myths and legends folk music, like folklore music, but not Taylor Swift folklore. Um, like the guy comes from Ireland. Like you can see him sitting in the bar with his guitar and hanging out, singing with his friends. Um, love Hozier. Love that guy. Um, but yeah, so he's supposed to release an album this year called Unreal Unearth, um, which he just announced on his Instagram maybe a week or so ago. He put a, like a story up. Um, and yeah, I'm really excited for it. I kind of hope it will be a return to form for him because uh, Wasteland Baby was a great album. But I, as I go back and listen to it, it's not really what I wanted from him, which I know is unfair to say because I'm not Hozier. Um, but yeah, I am excited for it. Uh, and did he I, did mention is it Hozier? some touring too. I think so, yeah. Is it Hozier? And I was saying yeah, Hozier. I, think so. <laughs> <laughs> I actually now I now that you say that, I don't know. Um it's his last name. Okay. So I run I a music know. website uh and I say Hozier. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm probably wrong about it. That's, <laughs> oh well. I'm, I'm, this is a low moment for me. It's fine. I don't think he will care. He seems very down to earth. Um Thanks for so being yeah, so cool. Super about excited this. for that. Okay. 
Cool. I appreciate well, the fact that this entire dilemma comes from a Hoosier. Hey, hey. Wow, <laughs> actually. Um, well, one thing we know about him for sure is that he likes people to take him to church. And all I want to say is, Hoosier, you know, maybe attend the virtual uh, service for the time being, right? Um, you know, just want to want to be careful about uh, those large, large gatherings. So uh, that's a bad joke. Hoosier, you can do whatever you want. <laughs> Oh boy. Um <laughs> we've really gone off the rails here. I um so the next thing I'm anticipating is another thing that I don't have to worry about because it's happening next Friday and that's the new Under Oath album. Um I have anticipated music from Under Oath for a long time. This is nothing new to me. They're my favorite band, but I am really excited. They did a full live stream event of the new album uh back in December where they played the f- album in full. It was incredible. And what was so cool about it, and I I was uh, someone that really came to the defense of Erase Me, their comeback album a few years ago. A lot of people didn't weren't fans of it. It was a big deviation uh, from the music they'd done previously, but I still thought it was incredible. Uh, a lot of people really wanted them to kind of go back in a heavier direction. Uh, this, this new album is uh, heavier than hell. Uh, Voyeurist is... Uh, maybe the heaviest album they've done if the if the live stream was any indication and it was so cool to see so many fans just like getting so pumped up and excited about it i'm really looking forward to it we were supposed to get it last year but because of the vinyl delay it had to be pushed into january it's coming next friday expect us to have some content about it at it's all dead.com uh kyle remind me what was the what was the other item on the list for you i'm forgetting oh that's obviously a t-swift that's right. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, it, I think I mentioned at this point, like I, I'm fine if Taylor Swift wants to just take a break for a while. Uh, she's done enough, but I'm excited uh, regardless. Like it's one of those things where in the last few years she's put out so much music that it almost seems impossible. And in a weird way, like these re-releases she's doing of her albums they're somehow adding a rejuvenation to uh, stuff we've already heard. And I don't know why I'm so excited to hear it again when I already own it. <laughs> like red was another the re release of red Taylor's version was another like event for me. I looked so forward to it. I got so much enjoyment out of the album this autumn. And uh, you know, I, I don't know what she's releasing next or when, um, based on you know the schedule she's had so far, it might only just be a few months down the line. But I'm honestly excited for it, and I feel very weird about that because I'm like, I already know all these songs. I'm already very aware of it, and I can't wait to hear it again. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Um, and I, I think it was our last podcast that we kind of talked about you know what was going to come next. Um, undoubtedly, we're going to get something from Taylor Swift in 2022, and I'm sure it'll be. Uh, be a blast to enjoy when it comes out. Um, Nadia, your your last uh, album was from Mitski, who I believe we also know for sure is going to be put on an album this year. So we're, we're placing a lot of safe bets in 2022. Uh, but tell us about that. I think we've learned from our mistakes. Um, but yeah, so Mitski is going to be releasing Laurel Hell on February 4th. Very excited about that. The singles are incredible. Um, only heartbreaker is probably going to be one of my favorite songs of the year. I was just talking to Jeremiah about that. Um, and he was like, so the first week of 2022, you're already saying your song of the year. I said, yes, because the song is actually so good. Um, that 
it's almost impossible not to place on a best of list. But yeah, I'm really excited for that. The videos are incredible so far. Um, and I I don't know. There's something about Misky. I, I leave for a little while and then I come back and then I leave and then I come back and she's just as good as she always has been. Um, she's always there for me. So shout out to Misky. That's awesome. We love you. <laughs> We're gonna we're gonna hold you to the song of the year thing once we get to December. So Don't. just know this this soundbite is on record. Uh, you know, to wrap things up for me, there's a couple things that like it's hard to even talk about anticipating this at this point because who knows when it will happen. But you know, I've been in, anticipating the next album from Kendrick Lamar since Damn came out in 2017, and it's been you know, we're going on five years now of like teases and rumors and nothing. So part of me feels like we got to be getting close. I would love it. I'm going to be excited when it comes, but I'm not going to, uh, you know, hold my breath at this point. I'm just going to wait for it to happen and then dive in when it's here. And same goes for Frank Ocean. Uh, you know, Kendrick and Frank have been two of my favorite artists of the past decade. Uh, they both kind of like do things on their own timeline. They both are very, uh, seclusive and quiet about the, the the work that they do. They do a lot of their creativity under the radar, and you never know when it's going to happen. Maybe 2022 will be the year. That would be a blast. Uh, so am I looking forward to it? Yes, but I, uh, with, a, with an asterisk that, you know, who knows? It could be tomorrow. It could be three years from now. It could be never. I don't know. Uh, but looking forward to it nonetheless. Um, and as I mentioned, you know, we talked about this last year, like we're looking forward to getting back into live music. Uh, really hope I can go to the shows that I've got tickets for in March. Um, we'll see. But, you know, th there's a scenario where we could get into the summer and be in a lot better place and hopefully um, have shows in a way that we haven't had in a, in a few years. So that's something just personally I'm looking forward to and crossing my fingers that, that we can get to that point collectively and safely. And um, we just love to to have some more live music experiences. So uh, we will see. And if, if my chemical romance is at Riot Fest this year, Kyle, uh, I'm putting on my mud shoes and uh, we're, we're going to go have a blast. So hopefully. Good man. Yeah. Uh, anything else that we should talk about? Nadia, anything on your mind? Yeah. I just looked at Kendrick's Wikipedia page. He's supposed to be playing the halftime show. So maybe he'll say something then. There you go. There's yeah, I'm actually for looking forward to the Super Bowl halftime show. There's like a <laughs> lot of really awesome, uh, really awesome folks in that. So that'll be cool. I don't really uh, do football, so I don't really know what's going on. And yet, you were commenting on a Instagram post of mine as if you were a Patriots fan a few weeks ago. So I don't know what Patriots to fan because I have to be. <laughs> it's by law if you live. Uh, absolutely. If you live in the um, Northeast. Yeah, absolutely. But I do have tickets to a Bon Iver show that I'm excited about in June. So I hope that happens. Nice. That'll be fun. Uh, Kyle, do you have any concerts lined up at this point? Um, I'm supposed to see AFI in March, I think. But we'll see if that goes. I, I believe Black Audio is supposed to play in Los Angeles for New Year's Eve, and they had to either cancel or postpone their show there. So I'm curious if... Uh, the bodies tour is still going to happen or not. Yeah. The hard thing, and we didn't talk about this, but motion city soundtrack had to bail out of their tour. I think it was last week. They finally pulled the plug on it cause they'd had a outbreak in their crew, but like it's been hard like the past couple months of seeing these bands try to grind through it. And I feel like I've seen more tours come to an end than come to completion. So it's a rough stretch right now, but 
we've been saying it for a while. Maybe maybe there there will be some light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, we will anticipate that uh, for 2022. In the meantime, thank you for joining us uh, by listening to this podcast. Subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast app. I think we're about to get back in the swing. We always kind of end the end the year uh, a little slow, but then we ramp things up in the new year. And I've got a lot of exciting conversations that I want to be having as we we head into this new year. And of course, as I mentioned, it's most anticipated week at itsalldead.com. Come visit us, uh, check out the site, and uh, follow us on Twitter or Facebook to stay updated and join the conversation. That's going to do it for this episode of Long Live the Music. I'm Kyle Hawk, and we'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening to Long Live the Music. If you like our show, come find us on Twitter and Facebook at It's All Dead. And of course, come visit our website, itsalldead.com.